39 through 11, verse 3, is where we're going to find ourselves today. Hebrew chapter, thir- or chapter 10, verse 39, all the way to chapter 11, verse 3. And the reason that we need to do this is uh, if you've ever cracked open your Bible, you'll see these chapters. They usually throw them massive at you. And uh, if you crack open the book of Hebrews, you'll see chapter 11. 11. And it's going to be big and it's going to separate chapter 10 from 11. I know that was deep and philosophical right there. Um, the problem with this reality is, is that where they've inserted chapters, many times we can actually miss the power of connectedness between the two chapters. And the writer of Hebrews, and I'll talk about Hebrews in just a minute, but the writer of Hebrews actually needs us to understand verse 39 in chapter 10 and how it's connected to chapter 11, which we're going to focus on for the duration of the series. Because without this connectedness, we actually minimize the issue of faith that we're going to dig into. So I want you to hear what the writer of Hebrews says starting in verse 39. I want you to watch this, listen to this, and then I just want you to get up on your couch and jump for a second. Because this is just a powerful statement. This is what he writes. He says, but we are not those who draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. Come on, I'm going to say that one more time. But we are not those who draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. Now faith, verse 1 of chapter 11, because he wants us to know we are not the type of people that draw back, but rather we press forward in faith. Now he wants us to understand what faith is. And he says this, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it our ancestors won God's approval, and by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Today, as we begin our new series that we're calling Sight Unseen, I wanna speak to you from the subject, high fidelity, high fidelity, as we look at the substance of faith and how it works in our lives. Will you pray with me just one more time today? Jesus, we need your words, not my words. We need your voice, not my voice. And I pray today that wherever we're watching from, wherever we find ourselves today, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would change our minds, that you would do a new work and a great work in us. We give you this space right now, and we know that you are bigger than our situation, you are bigger than our circumstance right now, and God, we know that you can minister over the internet just as much as you can when we are in a building together, so do your great work in us right now, in Jesus' mighty name, come on, and everybody shouted, amen, and amen. Uh, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, I love music, Um, I have no rhythm, but I love music, and uh, because of those two, two realities, no rhythm and my love for music, I joined a band when I was younger, I played guitar, and uh, I loved that time. That was the days of garage bands. And uh, I remember still sitting out there when we were in Seattle. It was raining and it was cold. And I remember me and my buddies, we'd be in a garage with our amplifiers on 11. And uh, some of you get that joke. Others have no idea what I just said there. But our amplifiers all the way up and we're making music and we're doing our thing. But one of the things that we used to do in these garage sessions is that we would do, we would do covers. We would take songs that we have heard before we would play them and we would try to get better at our craft by way of playing these, these covers. And uh, I was thinking about this the other day because I came across a definition that's really important for us to understand. And that's this idea of high fidelity, right? And this is what high fidelity is, especially when it comes to music and imagery. It says this. This is the actual definition of high fidelity. The reproduction of an effect such as a sound or an image. 
that is very, listen to this, very faithful to the original. It is a sound reproduction over the full range of audible frequencies with very little distortion or dissonance of the original signal. See, the litmus test for all cover bands, what I was doing in those garage days, is the ability to sound as close to the original as one can, which of course is an impossibility, but should be the attempt of every great cover band. I love Journey. Uh, many of you know the band Journey, and uh, I think they're, they're just making a resurgence because their sound is classic and they are awesome, right? And uh, they don't have the same singer now that they used to. And one of the great things about Journey right now is they were able to pick up a singer that, while not the original, makes it sound like the original, makes them sound like the original band. And so when you listen to them, you're once again drawn in because of how close to the original that it is. Here's what I want us to understand today. Faith's object of origination is Jesus. And so therefore, he defines for us what faith is, what it looks like, and how it responds to the world, to circumstance, and to the ever-changing topography of life. This is what I call high-fidelity faith, that our faith actually mirrors the origination of faith, and that was in Jesus. And we watched throughout his ministry and throughout his life this place of great faith. And the same spirit that was in Jesus lives in us right now. The Holy Spirit in us enables us to have great faith. But the truth is, is that right now many of us are waning in faith. Our faith is lessening. And this is why the writer of Hebrews needed to encourage his readers and us with a definition of faith. Because their world, like ours, was changing and they needed to grapple with how they were going to respond to that change. Come on, how many of you agree with me right now that everything has changed? Things are continuing to change. Life is changing, space is changing, and it's changing on the daily, on the weekly. New information and, and, and new moments. And if you're like me, like I've been wrestling this down, when everything is changing so fast, it's really easy to lose faith. It's really easy to get off track in my faith. Why? Because everything is changing so fast. And the Hebrews were dealing with this as well. And so that's why the writer says, hey, let me give you something that you need to know about faith. Because we are not people who draw back, but rather by faith we move forward. So when we understand what faith is, when we understand the power of faith, we can actually take steps forward. We can move into promised lands, even when it doesn't look the way that we want it to. Come on, we got to have faith, faith, faith. So the letter to Hebrews, whose author is unknown, was probably written between A.D. 60 and A.D. 70. And this letter was written to encourage these Christians in a time, listen to this, of trial and frustration because of what they were experiencing in life, because of the pressure of the world. And it does it in a couple ways. This is where the faith is built from. First, by focusing on the absolute supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus. Come on, that's good news right there. Right? In other words, you and I truly find what we need when we find ourselves in relationship with Jesus. We just did a whole series on that called Stay. Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 4 shows us this. The second thing that the, the letter of the Hebrews does is it focuses on the accomplished and complete work of salvation for all who trust in Jesus. We find this in chapters 1 all the way through chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Let me read this to you because this is a powerful, powerful piece of scripture says, therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard. 
Come on, get your ears on. Why? Lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, watch this, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? In other words, we should not neglect this great gift that we have in Jesus. Rather, in our faith and in our everyday living, we should imitate the example of Christ as great sojourners of faith. The word better, check this out, is used 13 times in this book as the writer shows the superiority of Jesus as the greatest gift that one could ever receive. So it says this, Hebrews chapter one, verse four, that Jesus is better than the angels. Hebrews seven, 18 through 19, Jesus brought a better hope. Hebrews eight, six, Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant. Hebrews eight, six, Jesus established better promises. And because of the betterness of Jesus, we actually have substance that we can stand on. And because he is the originator of our faith, because he is better than, bigger than, faster than, more powerful than, because of Jesus, my faith rises. So I have great faith. I have high fidelity faith so I can step into the areas of life that I'm heading into sight unseen. Gotta not do that, I'll fall off the stage. <laughs> you ever heard this term sight unseen before? When people purchase something sight unseen. I've talked to people who have bought houses here in Utah because the market was go, is going so fast and everything like that. I, I remember we uh, put in an offer on a house sight unseen when we were purchasing a house a couple years ago just so we could get into the house and check it out. It was sight unseen. What does sight unseen require of us? Faith. How many of you know if you're gonna buy a house sight unseen, that takes some faith? If you're gonna buy a vehicle sight unseen, that takes some some faith. Come on, if you're gonna go on a blind date, sight unseen, God, that takes some faith. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You're like, wow, your Facebook picture looks really different. <laughs> sight unseen. And here's the truth that we need to wrestle with today is that where we are heading to right now in our world, in our faith, in this generation, in our culture, in this society, we are going someplace that is sight unseen. We've never been here before. We are walking into a promised land, sight unseen. We are walking into a future, sight unseen, more so than like ever before. And like the recipients of this letter, we are being encouraged not to shrink back, but rather to continue to move forward because we have a better promise. And because of that promise, we can venture into a new reality, sight unseen. You see, here's the truth that we need to hear today. Faith is more than an assent to a set of intellectual beliefs. It is more than wishful thinking and serendipitous attitudes. Faith is a substantive truth that creates the bedrock on which we stand. So I'm not just having faith as a feeling. I'm not just having faith as a set of beliefs. No, no. Faith is the rock on which I stand. Faith is the place in which I set my hope. Faith is the thing that I keep on taking steps forward. It's my faith. And it's high fidelity faith because I can see the original. I know the original. And here's the crazy part about the OG, Jesus. We do not have high fidelity faith 
based upon a distant and irrelevant dead God. No, 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 we have faith based upon a living savior, one who got up out of the grave. So now I have closer proximity to the originator of my faith and because of that proximity, I go, oh, that's how that looks? That's how that faith looks? That's how I walk on water? That's how I step into my promise land? Come on, somebody, we gotta have some faith. And the problem that so many of us face is that we see faith as Christian magic rather than substantive truth. J.D. Berry, writer and author of Hebrews, How Jesus Speaks into Everything, writes this concerning the issue of faith. When we feel that we can't see God at work, the author of Hebrews tells us to look to followers of God from times past as an example, because if we look hard enough, God will eventually surface. In other words, faith is the ability, come on somebody, someone needs to write this down today, faith is the ability to see God in everything. C.S. Lewis would say it like this, faith, I love this, faith is the art of holding on to things in spite of our changing moods and circumstances. That's faith. And the new world that we're entering into sight unseen is a world of great uncertainty, that is for sure. It is one of changing moods and changing circumstances. Come on, how many of you would agree with me right now? Our future is moody. One minute it's happy and the next minute it is devastatingly angry at us. It's ever changing, it's ever fluctuating. And the question then is this, what is faith in the midst of this new world with all its uncertainty and changing currents? That is the question and the idea that I wanna work with for the remainder of our time today and subsequently over the next several weeks as we, as we walk through this journey of sight unseen. I want you to hashtag it. I wanna encourage you to spread the word because we're gonna be a people that venture into new territory sight unseen, but we're gonna trust in faith that Jesus has gone before us, that none of this is a surprise. And as we move forward, with our eyes closed in many ways, we're gonna step into some of the greatest moments that we've ever seen, sight unseen. Why? Because we have high fidelity faith. So let's look at three truths today about high fidelity faith that, that we need to know and that should anchor us as we venture into the unknown and the uncertain. Here's the first thing that we need to, we need to understand is that high fidelity faith is the product of hearing. High fidelity faith is the product of hearing. See, my band back in the day, we couldn't produce a cover unless we had an original to go off of. And I had to hear that original. And I'll still never forget when we used to have our, used to have our radio in the garage and we would throw a, a tape in or a CD in and we would listen to the original. Some of you are like, what's a tape, right? <laughs> So we would throw it in and we'd listen to it and I'll still never forget tinkering with the guitar and, and we'd be doing our thing, why? Because we were trying to, we were trying to familiarize ourselves with the original because based upon what we were hearing, we were gonna be able to mimic it. Based upon what we heard, we were gonna be able to perform it. Based on what we heard, we were gonna walk in it and we were gonna get better at it as we listened to it more and more. You see where I'm going today. Romans chapter 10 verses 14 through 17 says this, how then? Can they call on him? They have not believed in him. And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? 
And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed your message? Verse 17, listen to this. So faith comes, hear it. Faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message of Christ. Faith has a sound, and that sound is proclamation. Faith has a sound. It doesn't just sit dormant, and it's not quiet. Faith is a proclamation, and I gotta let it out as much as I can. That's why I gotta shout it. That's why we gotta keep doing it. That's why we play the drums loud. Why? Because faith has a sound. Faith has a sound, and it's a proclamation. And I have to be honest, I am struggling during these past few months as I've listened to what would be best described as a waning proclamation of faith. Can I just say this today? We cannot afford to be a community of Christ followers that loses our proclamation of faith. Let me say it a different way. We cannot afford to be a church that loses our sound. And our sound is getting buried by complaints. Our sound is getting buried by doubt. Our sound is getting buried by fear. Our sound is getting buried by the world around us. Our sound has to rise up out of that in faith. Remember, because the originator, he stood in faith and he declared the good news of the coming kingdom. He told his disciples, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What was he saying? Let your faith connect with heaven's reality. And when those two connect together, you're going to see heaven move on earth. The church can't lose its sound. Faith more than ever has to be heard if it's going to help. Faith more than ever has to be heard if it's going to help. And I'm going to encourage somebody today that's sitting right there, and maybe your sound is dwindling right now, or maybe you're not hearing much. Can I encourage you? Open your mouth and open your ears. Because there's a declaration from heaven right now. And if I can just push this a little bit, maybe even be a little prophetic right now. This is not the church's dying moment. This is the church's rising moment. This is not faith's dying moment. This is faith's rising moment. Faith is faith when it rises in the midst of uncertainty. Faith is faith when it's chaotic and crazy. That's where faith shows what it really is. It's faith. And you see, faith and Jesus, they're inseparable. You can't have faith without Jesus, and you cannot have Jesus without faith. And what, and this is what we've been called to bring to the world around us. And when we do this, when we forge ahead in faith to place his sight unseen, as our lives become the message of faith to the world around us. Think about that. The truth is, is that not all hearing comes by way of words. See, we could tell the story of faith without the use of words as we live our life in a posture of faith. So proclamation is about the totality of who we are. Many of you who would call the well home would understand that we're in a journey right now that started pre-COVID. That's the, that's the new, right? Like you have AD, BC, now it's pre-COVID, post-COVID. <laughs> PC, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> So we put this building that we are 
trying to purchase, we put it under contract pre-COVID. And it was crazy as it was, but man, the church rose. The well had all this faith come up out of it. And then COVID hits. And I think if you're like me, we can struggle sometimes because we go like, oh, well, now there's a problem, so God must not be in it anymore. See, but that's not the truth because God authors his call to obedience knowing everything that is involved in the journey. The children of Israel, they would wander into the promised land and there'd be some spies that were sent into the promised land. They would go into the promised land and they'd wander around and they'd go, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Look at this, it's flowing with milk and honey. I don't even know what that means. But could you imagine like just walking into like Magna and it's flowing with milk and honey? Be like, I wanna be a Magna. I don't know why I chose Magna, but shout out to Magna. <laughs> and so, so you're like, it's flowing with milk and honey, and there's these, these like pieces of fruit, and they're big, and they're gigantic, and there's all this stuff. And all these spies came back, and they, and they were going to give a report about what their journey looked like into this promised land. And all the spies except for two said this, yep, I see it. There's all this good stuff. There's all these things happening, but there's giants in the land. There's, there's enemies in the land. And they wanted to stop. They wanted to hold back. They wanted to, they wanted to come to this place where like, maybe, maybe we shouldn't enter into the promised land because there's going to be some tough situations in it. And I love the confession of two other spies who jumped up and they're like, hey, that sounds like a party. Let's do it. And they would say this, we are well able to overcome. That's what they said, in faith. Like, listen, there's fruit, and it's great, and there's milk and honey, and it's great, and yeah, there's some giants in the midst of it, but we are well able, and their faith produced something in them. Their faith caused them to move forward. And I bring that up is because as a church, we're continuing to move into sight unseen. As we press forward into this building, some of it, should we buy, should we be buying a building in the midst of COVID? Yes, we should. Because we're not attaching our obedience to the current situation. We're attaching our obedience to the previous word. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And that's where some of us got to land right now today is we've got to attach ourselves to what God said because what he said didn't change because circumstance showed up. Noah's building. That's what the building's called, Noah's building. And listen, the truth is, is that I wrestle with the same questions that you do. Should we be buying this building? Should we move forward with this? What does it look like to be doing this now? What will people think? All valid questions when you're moving into new territory. Then I kept reading in Hebrews chapter 11, verse seven. It says, by faith, Noah. By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. See, Noah built even when it didn't make sense. Our faith most times will not make sense to the world around us. It doesn't make sense to continue building that business. It doesn't make sense to keep working on that marriage. It doesn't make sense to keep pursuing that degree. It doesn't make sense to do church online and try to buy a building in the midst of COVID. But faith rarely ever makes sense. The sound of faith should be what is heard in the world around us. Why? Because the church steps out and says, faith! 
Faith will not make sense. But listen, I got to tell you this morning, the first thing that we need to understand is that high fidelity faith is the product of hearing. Number two, here's the second thing. High fidelity faith is the product of seeing. Mark chapter 8, 22 through 27. I love this piece of scripture. This is fun. Let's play with it. Then they came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man, blind, to him and begged him to touch him, Jesus. So he took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village. I want you to think about this. They're in the village. And they're like, hey, can you please, like, can you touch this guy? Can you heal him? So he grabs him by the hand and he leads him out of the village. First, if you're the people around, my question is like, where are you going? Like, just think about how nutty that looks. That Jesus is just grabbing a blind man and just walking him out of the village. Come with me. It's the start of a miracle. Why? Because Jesus was leading the blind man in an experience he hadn't had yet. Walk with me. Watch. He took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village. Because in the village, doubt was there. He had been in this village for a while. Faithlessness was there. He'd been blind in this village for a while. See, he had to get out of the familiar place to go to the unfamiliar place that he'd never been before. And Jesus had to lead him there. Sight unseen. Then Jesus doubles down on the weirdness, spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him. (laughs) Come out of the village. (laughs) Things got weird. I'm done, Jesus. I'm out. (laughs) Right? Spitting on his eyes and then laying his hands on him, he asked him, watch what he asked him, do you see anything? He looked up and he said, I see people, they look like trees walking. Again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes. The man looked intently and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. See, I've often wrestled with this particular piece of scripture because at first glance, it would suggest that Jesus had lost his mojo that day and could only do a half healing. And he had to try harder. I want you to follow. Follow this thought for a second. And he had to try harder to make it a full healing. Since my sarcasm right now. See, this is in fact not the case. Rather, it's in this moment that he helps us understand that growing faith happens by way of progressive sight. See, I fully believe that this man was healed the moment Jesus grabbed his hand to lead him outside of the village. But the problem was is that Jesus needed this man's faith to grow a little bit because he had been sitting in the village of faithfulness for way too long. So he grabbed his hand and he goes, I want to take you somewhere sight unseen. And then I'm going to spit on your eyes and I'm going to lay my hands on you and I'm going to ask you, what do you see? And it's blurry and it doesn't make sense right now, but all of a sudden the man who was blind has growing faith not because Jesus' miracle wasn't complete it was already complete he needed faith to rise up in other words high fidelity to the faith is the product of what we see in this man's faith engaged with Jesus' miraculous power and he was healed I fully believe this man was healed in the moment Jesus grabbed him His faith grew upon his sight progressing. In other words, Jesus was either imperfect in his power or faith was producing something. 
And see, the truth is the more that we see and are purview to God's working hand, the more our faith grows. Greater faith comes by way of greater sight. I want you to hear this today. The miracle was not the recovery of sight. The miracle was the faith to believe he could see. Get asked this a lot, what do you see, Jason? And a lot of times it's like, I see people. They look like trees. <laughs> you spit on my eye, I'll punch you. <laughs> it, but the more that I've ventured in this faith journey, all of a sudden the people that look like trees become people. The more I sit in this moment, sight unseen, it's blurry vision, but as I continue to progress in faith, my vision opens up a little bit more. The more I realize that God is over COVID, God is over our circumstance, God is over my finances, God is over my marriage, the more my, my sight becomes greater, and the greater my sight becomes, the greater my faith becomes at the end of the day. We were sitting talking with our pastors the other day in our staff meeting that we have on Thursday, and we're talking about this season that we're in as a church and where we're heading, and it, and it sounds nuts to think about where you're heading right now. But what was so cool in that moment is that we started talking about what we've seen God do already up until this point. And faith started to rise in the room. Pastor Caitlin, she started just shouting at us and like, white, like writing stuff on a whiteboard. We didn't even know what she was writing, but she was just writing, right? Why? Because her faith was igniting the room. Of, and all of a sudden, all of us in that room were like, yeah, yeah, there's, gi we're well, there's giants in that land, but we're well able. Come on, somebody, because there still is milk and honey. There still is fruit in the land of promise we got to take the promised land and it takes faith the truth is that what we have seen God do should build our faith for what he can do why because a high fidelity faith is built on the originator of, the, of our faith and the last one is this number three I hope you're receiving something out of this today number three high fidelity faith listen to this is the product of moving High fidelity faith is the product of moving. James chapter 2, 15 through 19 gets a bad rap. A lot of people don't like this scripture because it sounds really harsh, and that's mainly because we've misinterpreted it. James chapter 2, verses 15 through 19 says this, if a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, it's dead by itself. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I'll show you faith by my works. So you believe that God is one, good. Even the demons believe and they shudder. This is a highly, highly Interesting piece of scripture to deal with, and it's been dealt with a lot of different ways. And first, I'd want to say this. This is not a scripture about our salvation in Christ. We do not work from that. We do not work for that. Our salvation is a free gift in Christ. This is about our faith, high fidelity faith being the product of moving. And see, the truth is, is that this scripture has been hijacked and jacked up to mean something completely different than what it actually means. James is trying to get us to understand that faith is catalytic in nature. I wanna say this, and please hear this today. Please hear my heart behind this 
and engage with it. If you don't move, it's not faith, it's just an idea. If you don't move, it's not faith, it's just an idea. And this is what James is saying as he writes, faith without works is dead. Another way that you could say it is like this, faith without movement is dead. Faith without action is If I have faith, if I have high fidelity faith based upon the originator, I understand that Jesus kept moving to the cross. That was his faith journey. And he kept on going even when everybody wanted to stop him and even when everybody wanted to close him off from it, he pushed through that. Even when the circumstances were hard, he pushed through it. Why? Because that was his portion. Think about this. It took faith to go to the cross. Why? Because he was about to do something hard. And for some of us, we've been shuttered in for eight weeks now, 10 weeks now, 12 weeks now. And if we're honest, getting up is gonna be hard. And for some of us right now, the idea to get up and get outside is gonna be hard. To get up and pull myself back into reality is gonna be hard. For many of us, we're gonna fight the fear side of things and the doubt side of things. And can I just tell you that faith without movement is just an idea. Our faith should cause us to make a move. And see today for some of us, that's joining a table group, whether it's online or in person. For some of us, it's beginning the journey of generosity through giving. For some, it's sending out that invite to a friend that you've been meeting to send out to them. For some, it's getting up, getting dressed, and facing the day ahead of you. For some of you today, it's deciding that you're gonna get help with that addiction. For some of us today, faith is causing us to to make a step into something And it's represented in all kinds of different storylines and sequences, but for some of us today, right now in this moment, taking a step towards Jesus by saying yes to him. It's all faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, it was the call to be a people that do not shrink back, but to rather step forward by faith. And faith faith based upon the originator of the sound. So this is how I do faith in my life. I'm a shapes and colors type of guy. So my faith has a soundtrack. And sometimes it's Jesus singing Eye of the Tiger to me. I gotta get up and I gotta fight them enemies. And I listen to Jesus' statements. Come to me, all who are Weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. What what was that? There was, come. It was a movement. There's this song, I heard it the other day on a TV show we were watching. And I would walk 500 miles. And I would, maybe you know that song. And that became a piece of my soundtrack and my journey of faith. Because for some of us right now, it feels like that. I would walk 500 miles. And then it makes me laugh because I see Jesus in the corner.
Some of us today taking a step towards Jesus by saying yes to him is your greatest proclamation you will ever shout. And it will be your faith in your life 